0: Welcome to Failure to Launch, a podcast for brand managers, entrepreneurs, and innovators about how the biggest brand flops, failures, and fuck-ups have shaped our lives. My name's Sam Milne, and this is a podcast investigating the long list of business innovations, products, and ideas that turned out to be unqualified disasters. Uh, With me today, again, I've got Paris Singer. Uh, Paris, uh, give give us a little introduction
1: for the audience. Well, for those that missed out on first podcast i suggest you go back and listen to that because that was fascinating but i'm the executive director here at fluid and um, i'm fascinated to learn more about the case study at hand which is the amazon fire phone
0: where we left off last week we had started to uh, see how the campaign was sort of rolling out and people's initial reactions to it the According to data provided exclusively to VentureBeat from iSpot TV, Amazon spent around uh, $39 million to air the commercial over 5,700 times from uh, July to September. The campaign apparently delivered 439,000 online engagements, uh, which included searches, social media posts, videos, uh, all driven by the commercial. In other words, the company spent about eighty-eight dollars no, for every person that, yeah. <laughs> that they uh, got to interact with in its commercial. And I could see the maths going through your head already. Um, I would say that's a pretty expensive rate.
1: I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: and at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself: Was this the ad that made people fall in love with Amazon? I, I've got some some. Just, you know, before I jump into some choice YouTube comments, mm. like how, how would you rate that as a, a campaign?
1: So, <laughs> boring, uninspiring, um, particularly for a new product launch, right? You know, like when you compare it to what the competitor was doing, i.e. Apple, I mean, I don't know what year that was again, but I can't, I can't recall exactly what Apple were doing at the same time, but it was, I can assure you, it would have been slick, very much design orientated, all about the products, the simplicity of it, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, You could have taken those phones away and that could have been an ad for tub of yogurt. Um, Well, he... Here's a oh, couple of
0: <laughs> a, a couple of choice comments from from strangers on the internet. Just just as a give us a gauge.
1: Okay, yeah.
0: uh, Offbeat Brandon on YouTube said, uh, "God, I hate this commercial. I don't know why though." jlop ninety seven said, "This commercial is cancer." Yeah. Uh, leaders of the new school said, "Bro, this used to come on TV all the time, and I hated it uh, then, and I hate it now."
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and then. It wasn't just randoms on YouTube who didn't really gel with it. Uh, we had this rant from uh, CNET. It said, quote, Yes, it's releasing the Fire Phone in the US next week with all sorts of technological enhancements, such as five infrared cameras to help you um, burgle houses or something. The ver- <laughs> the first ad for the phone, however, is clear why you should really buy the f- It's not clear why you should really buy the phone.
1: Yeah.
0: It It seems as if it's so... A wise little nine-year-old can get all superior content through Amazon Prime. What twisted part of Beverly Hills is this? What nine-year-old orders a boiled egg in a coffee shop? Who who pays $649 for a phone so they can get a $99 service from Amazon? Yeah. I'm left with so many questions. Yeah, And that really brings us neatly along to pricing. So pricing a smartphone is extremely complicated. In 2021, CounterPoint Research revealed that despite only having 13% of the share of the market, Apple takes 75% of all global smartphone profits.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Bezos didn't want to create just another Android smartphone. This was his big bet. And so the margins on a low-cost phone would just be too minimal. And even if it did manage to stand out in this sort of ocean of very cheap devices that are available at the time, the only solution was to go for a premium price, technologically differentiated, and design-led price point. But Apple's dominance of the premium smartphone market was built on decades of rigorous R&D, world-class design team, and a walled garden approach to hardware and software that meant it could charge a premium for uh, access to its ecosystem. Yeah, Amazon's ecosystem, by its very nature, is open to use from any device. So if you buy a... Uh, Android phone, you get access to Amazon. If you buy an uh, iPhone, you get access to Amazon. By buying into the new Fire OS, you're actually limited, limiting yourself to only Amazon services and apps. So it's no longer enjoying access to all these, you know, mm. Google's broader range of services. And, yeah, it launched at US $650. So at that price point, Fire Phone was going to go directly up against the iPhone 6. Uh, 16 gig, which was launched in September 2014 for
1: $650. 16 gig, wow. (laughs) Those were great days.
0: I actually had my iPhone 6 until like two years ago. Wow, really. uh, To get it cheaper, buyers would have to lock in to an exclusive contract offered by AT&T in the US and O2 in the UK. So the Fire phone is going to be sold through these lock-in contracts mostly and then via the Amazon store. But it didn't take long for people to figure out exactly what they were being sold. From PC Mag in Australia, quote, the Fire isn't so much a phone as it is a shopping cart, not only a shopping cart, but one that Amazon expects users to pay a premium phone money in order to use. Imagine the next time you're at the supermarket and they have those chained lock trolleys. Now imagine that the trolleys cost $650 a piece <laughs> and it's not refundable in any way at all. Also, all the time you're there, the staff are going to be peering over your shoulders, looking at which fruit and vegetables you're putting in your shopping carts. Why would anybody shop there? The Fire occupied number one on the best-selling list on Amazon.com uh, for a very short period. Um, <laughs> sales dropped significantly. At least after- I was
1: transparent about that.
0: Yes. Um, Just two weeks later, it it actually dropped off the best-selling list. Wow. So I mentioned before the phone launched uh, in uh, early sort of 2014. um, By around July, Amazon starts getting some really bad um, consequences for all of their actions up to this point. Their shares dip by about 10% in uh, the 24th of July, 2014, just one day prior to its launch on the AT&T due to increased losses incurred by development of the Fire Phone. On July 25, 2014, several AT&T stores uh, reported little to no sales. Uh, although several stores experienced increased foot traffic and interest, um, it seems like they weren't moving units. According to Chitka Insights, an advertising company, by analyzing impressions from the 25th of July to the 14th of August in 2014, about 20 days after the release of the device, the Fire Phone constituted approximately 0.02% of the smartphone market in the United States and Canada.
1: Oh.
0: Uh, the device's usage uh, share remained, quote, steady but relatively flat. The Guardian later extrapolated, based on the data from Comscore and Chitka, claiming that, quote, no more than 35,000 Fire iPhones were sold in the first 20 days. (laughs) In September 2014, New York Times reported that sales had been, quote, dismal, and that, quote, analysts say Amazon has sold only a few tens of thousands of Fire phones. By October 2014, during the announcement of the third quarter financial results, Amazon stated that they took a 170 million dollar hit due to the costs associated with the Fire Phone, and that they had over 83 million dollars worth of Fire Phones in inventory.
1: <laughs> They're probably worth more now, ironically.
0: Yeah, that's it's it's the funny thing, isn't it? That oh god, I'd love to know what they did with them all.
1: Yeah, totally. I saw recently a. Uh and an original iphone sold for about 60 something thousand us still in its box shrink wrapped etc so i'd imagine having a a firephone in the same kind of condition is probably worth a whole lot more than 650 bucks now is i lot to do it
0: yeah I, I i don't know i'm not sure anyone was dying to get their latest collector <laughs> version of the firephone <laughs> Um, so having heard all that, sat through the um, the uh, very detailed information, uh, the question just sort of has to come up, you know, which part failed at launch?
1: Mm.
0: So we've got the product, we've got the yeah. price, we've got yeah. the place. Um, you know, what, what jumps into your mind as sort of the key things?
1: Me, I would definitely say product first. Um it yeah, just so sounds like it, particularly some of the things that you've shared about Bezos not wanting to dial into consumer insights as much as he probably has in other parts of his business. It sounds like it was very much more a, a vertical sort of offering as opposed to his more horizontal, bigger business plan, which is kind of weird. I wasn't aware of any of that, but for product, if, if it's what well, it sound like you had about 20% of the apps. By comparison to other Androids, that's clearly an issue. Um, and at the end of the day, it sounds like it's a product that, well, it was already out there. You can do all that shopping on the competitor products. And it's, it's, it feels to me that it was led by the motivation to keep using Amazon in other areas, which is like a massive fail. Yeah. Um price obviously is 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 a big part of it as well right but again if the product was right the price can be justified. Yeah. yeah. So you know if, if it was $650 and it was delivering an alternative that was a better version of Apple then sure go for it but it's clearly was paled in insignificance by comparison. Yeah. So I would definitely be saying product is a huge fail first and foremost, particularly given the fact that other smartphones were already in the market. It's like, okay, well, what are you doing that's better than what's already in play? Um, And, yeah, by all reports, not much.
0: Yeah. I I think um, some blame has to be laid at the foot of the promotion as well.
1: Yeah. Uh, I didn't mention it in the
0: list before, but promotion, you know, the idea of the advertising campaign that was meant to, you know, get this product out there and get people excited about it and the possibilities for it. They had very clearly gone with a very targeted approach. You know, they're Ooh. going to target mums. They're going to, this is going to be the ultimate mum phone.
1: Yeah. And I think
0: maybe that segmentation hurt them because if, if, like you said, the product isn't necessarily a big standout, you know, it's doing not a lot that you couldn't do otherwise, then the, the, idea of the mum phone and really honing in on that seems to be maybe excluding too many people from your,
1: mm. your potential like,
0: buyers list
1: yep. oh, look I would again, again I'm making some huge generalizations here but I, I'm agreeing with you but I would suggest that they would be taking that theory that well you know, the mums are the ones that are doing all the shopping which goes back to the whole Amazon hey you can do everything from here you can just go buy 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 which Again, as I said earlier, it is well, you can do that on other smartphones anyway. So, and as I said in, in um, the earlier podcast, that that uh, ad that you showed was, you know, you said just then we're looking for excitement to generate interest, etc. It was dull. It was flat, as, as dirty as dishwater. It was just boring. Um, so yes, yeah, so promotion clearly has a part to play, and, and yes, I would it would have fallen flat. But for me, product is a big one because they, yeah, it just doesn't feel like it was ever going to deliver yeah. um, by, by comparison to the competitors already in yeah. the market at that point in time. Yeah, the dynamic perspective idea cost so much to deliver yeah. and was such a centre of sort of the development, yeah.
0: but it kind of had limited kind of and practical use. Yeah, at the end yeah, of the day, and yeah. it didn't really solve any sort of specific yeah, problems. Need. Yeah, consumers. what's the need for this? Yeah. Consumers, yeah, it, it's it's a really really difficult one.
1: Um, I think that's similar to the sort of challenges that AR has faced over the last decade, right? It's I mean it's finding its place in the market, but it's taken a lot longer than a lot had forecasted or predicted.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, company's CFO, Tom tack I'm very sorry, Tom.
1: Um, <laughs> Tom, where's your phone, Tom?
0: He indicated that its pricing strategy, uh, he felt, was initially it was too high for mm-hmm. the reason, and it was, it was a big part of the reason products poor consumer reception. He said, quote, I think people come to expect great value and we sort of mismatched expectations. We thought yeah. we had it right. We're also willing to say we missed, so uh, we've corrected that. The ultimate fallout from this was that after the failure of the phone, Lab 126, who was fundamental in the development of the phone, was restructured. The Wall Street Journal reported that dozens of engineers who had developed the technology uh, that would lay the groundwork for things like Echo, Alexa, and future Kindle projects were all fired. Mm. Uh, Projects were scuttled. People had to review their resumes and find jobs. And that fallout never really affected, you know, Bezos himself, who went on to become the richest man in the world and travelled to space in his own private dong-shaped <laughs> rocket. Um, and that's, you know, despite him being so key in the product's uh, yeah. failure.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's, also, right. that's what happens when you're the boss sometimes.
0: Well, you can get away with it, can't you? You can
1: get away with it, yeah. You what is it, you win or you learn? Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. You fixed your resume. Mine's set already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the, the there is sort of something in this idea of the fact that I think the brand love idea that Bezos mm. had fallen so in love with, mm. and uh, I think that has got to be one of the most insidious ideas in all of this. It's something mm. that really under un, is underneath the surface.
1: Yeah. Um, on
0: too. the top, everyone sort of thinks it looks like a genuine marketing principle. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I continue to hear it repeated multiple times throughout my career. Yeah. And there's something really attractive about the idea. You can build a brand that people fall in love with so much that they're almost irrationally loyal. Mm. And, With that in mind, you can excuse any negative feedback you get along the way. You can say, well, you know, that doesn't matter because I'm building something that people will love. Reviews of the smartphone on Amazon's own website customers, you know, complained about a myriad of problems, including the lack of apps, the overheating, the poor battery life, all these things that could have been solved with ethnographic understanding of who these consumers were and what they actually wanted out of a phone. Anyway, that's um, someone else's problem now uh, and we get to uh, have a, a very deep look into it and understand, you know, what would we do differently in the future?
1: Yeah, hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? But look, Amazon is Amazon is a, a brand or a business that is all about value, right? Everything that it does, it's cheap, it's quick, it's accessible, et cetera, et cetera. That, that product that you've just gone through with the phone was none of that. And you can love a brand in different ways, but that emotional attachment that you referred to—that, for example, the likes of an Apple have—I'm one of those people. I'm, you know, unashamedly an Apple fan, even though it's not always—even um, though it's always not always perfect. But everything we love is not always perfect. Um, that's decades of constant reliability and consistency that that love comes from, not just a flash in the pan, hoping to switch us from one thing to another. Um, We all get sick of seeing Apple used as a case study, you know, It's everyone uses it time and time and time again. But there is a reason because it's like it's been proven it can work. But as you said, a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of consistency, a lot of R&D, Etc. has been poured into ensuring that consistency is in play. Um, yeah, it's a fascinating discussion, Sam. Yeah.
0: I think just one more sort of thing, the attempt to build this sort of semi-closed ecosystem, mm-hmm. the idea that you are, you can access Amazon from anywhere. And like you say, it's the convenience of it that makes it so, yeah. you know, attractive. I, yeah. You know, I, I can't think of the number of times I've thought I'll just buy it on Amazon and get it delivered yeah. to someone's door as a birthday present because it's yeah. so much easier than actually having to go out, get a product, bring it home, wrap it, go out again to the post office, yeah. give it to the post office, pay my fees, get them to send it. You know, I can get a gift delivered on Amazon so quickly and so easily that mm. um, I've several times uh, chosen that option over the the harder one. But the idea of building this closed ecosystem is something that worked for apple it worked for them because since day dot you know when they first released the apple 2 it was all about creating a closed ecosystem mm. where everything within the walled garden is controlled everything within that sort of uh within that ecosystem is something that is catered to for you and i remember when apple first launched the iphone they had that same approach with their app store yep they did. They didn't want other people adding apps because no. they were the ones who were going to do it. Yeah. They they ran into problems with that. People wanted more. They thought people were inventing apps so they could do things. That they were Apple could.
1: App, yeah.
0: Apple didn't have this the number of staff needed to to sort of realize that vision, hmm. and they changed tact. You know, they pivoted away. They created the framework by which people were able to upload their own apps. It got checked by Apple. And the rubbish ones got booted off, unlike what Google's phone does.
1: Yeah,
0: and they put in place, you know, structures to help realize that goal, but but scale up to it, you know, immense proportion. And they built an entire campaign around it. Do You remember the um, uh, there's an app for that campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yep. That was a, that was a whole focus for them at the time. And so by building this closed ecosystem and locking people out of other options, we know that you know lab one, two, six employees at the time, they were frustrated that the entire goal for Amazon's hardware was to drive people to buy more things from Amazon. Amazon. (laughs) But they were never going to lock other people out of Amazon's apps. They weren't going to take their apps off Google store and off the iPhone and their existing install base and force people to use their phone. Hmm. They were never going to do it. And so the whole idea becomes self-defeating.
1: Yeah, for sure. Fascinating.
0: Anyway, thanks for joining in today. This has been fun. I've enjoyed it. Um, tell the audience at home what you've been working on, where they can find out more about you.
1: Thanks. Yes, fluid.au. Or oh, pick up the phone and give us a call. We're, uh, we'd love to hear from you. And um, thanks once again for having me. It's been uh Great to be a part of the first instalment of failures, flops, and whatever you're calling it. I'm not going to say the other F word. I'll leave that to you, Sam.
0: All right. If you want to know anything more about what we spoke about today, check out the show notes for any of the sources or visit fluid.au to find out more about what we've been working on. Uh, Join us next time on Failure to Launch when we're looking at another spectacular launch that ended up in one of the world's biggest flops, failures, and fuck-ups and really shaped our lives. Thank you. The opinions and views expressed on Failure to Launch belong to the individual speaking and do not represent the official views of Fluid Branding.